Bible Band and Pastor here at New Life. And I'm going to read here from Acts chapter 20, so you can turn there if you have your Bibles. I'm just going to read verses 18 through 24. Uh, this is Paul's farewell address to the elders in the city of Ephesus. And I'm really just going to concentrate on verse 24, but to give a little context. <clears throat> Here's what Paul says, starting in verse 18. Acts 20, verse 18, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Just this past week, I was in Nashville, Indiana, taking a little planning retreat, something I try to do on an annual basis just to get away and seek the Lord's face and do a little planning. And I was taking a walk, and I noticed a sign on the side of a building in town, and it said, Antioch Christian Church, 1870 to 1939. Church lasted about uh, 70 years. And I just started thinking about how excited that church must have been when, when the church started in 1870. You know, they got a group of people together and they started preaching and singing songs and they started to see the church grow and they got very excited. Nobody probably expecting that in just 70 years that church wouldn't even exist. Now, I don't know what happened to that church. I don't know what led to its demise, but, but one thing I do know, and it's a theme that the Holy Spirit has given to us here tonight as Chris and Josh and I have been speaking, one thing I do know is that it is not easy to finish well. And that's something that Paul mentions here in verse 24. Did you catch that? Very clearly what Paul says is, and, and, and this is a, to me a very precious verse. This is for me kind of a, a personal motto. This is a verse that, that I want to try to live by and, and, and bring back to my memory very often. Paul says this, I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul wants to finish well. That's really important, isn't it? I mean, it is easy to start things. It's not easy to finish things. NCAA basketball season just started, and some teams are starting pretty well. And very often what happens is when we get to March, we find some of the teams that started well in December aren't playing so well in March. I mean, the important thing for NCAA basketball teams is to play well in March. To finish well, it doesn't really matter if they played well in December if they don't play in March. And so, to my dear brothers and sisters at Westminster Presbyterian Church, 
you do have the distinct privilege of being the eldest of the three churches that are represented here tonight. You have been ministering faithfully in Muncie for 51 years. You have remained steady in your commitment to the gospel and to God's word. In the midst of a culture where every wind of doctrine has been pushing various churches in various different directions, but you guys have stayed the course. You've been faithful. You've persevered through some very difficult times, very hard times in the life of your church, some things that would have ended a lot of churches, but not you. You persevered. You've ministered to me personally. Many of you might not know, but I was in the pews in Westminster back in the 80s when I was at Ball State. Westminster was my church. (laughs) And I was blessed greatly by the ministry there. You have uh, sacrificed yourself in the giving of people, sending out a church plant that came to be known as New Life, the building that we're in right now. And that served as an example and inspiration for us to plant our first church, City Hope. Just one year ago, I think New Life was planted more than 25 years ago, but because of you, Westminster, there is not just one PCA church, there are three in Delaware County. And I want you to know that is highly unusual for three PCA churches to be in an area of a relatively small population, 100 or so thousand people. Now, the kingdom of God is much bigger than the PCA, I know that. But I'm a PCA pastor because I I believe in this denomination and I'm behind it and I think it's exciting that we've got three churches in this denomination uh, in um, Delaware County. And that has a lot to do with your faithfulness, Westminster. But I wanna exhort you tonight to remember that there is still much more to do. There are still more people that need to be discipled. There, There are still lonely people that need a friend. There are still hurting people in your neighborhood there at uh, Tillotson in Riverside who, who need someone to come alongside them. There are still unbelievers wondering if there is any meaning to this life. There are still people who want somebody to love them and tell them about Jesus. There is still a kingdom to build. There are still churches to plant. There is a lot of work to do Westminster, and so I want to remind you, yes, it's easy to start well, and you guys have started very well, but it's not easy to finish well. I mean, look throughout the scriptures. This is something that's always kind of stuck out to me as I look in the Old Testament. Think of various kind of heroes of the Old Testament. Moses, used by God greatly. God gave him the law on Mount Sinai. Moses was the one who interceded on behalf of Israel and basically rescued them from destruction. It was Moses who was said to be the most meek man on the earth. It was Moses that God said he spoke to him as one friend speaks to another, and yet Moses didn't enter the promised land, did he? Because of unbelief. Now, sometimes we wonder why could God be so hard on Moses in that way, but he didn't finish that well, really. Moses didn't. Godly man, but didn't finish. Well, how about David? A man after God's own heart, mighty warrior that God used to defeat many of God's enemies, the man who wrote many of the Psalms that minister to us today. And yet we read that in the final days, at the end of the book of 2 Samuel, it tells us that David took a census of the people of Judah, something that was considered to be a great sin against God. 
after his sin with Bathsheba. David's a godly man, but it doesn't seem like he finished really well. How about Jehoshaphat? Do you remember him? Says he walked in the ways of David, he sought God, he walked in God's commandments. Jehoshaphat sent priests out to the land to teach the people, and under his teaching, a kind of a revival broke out, and the fear of God fell upon the people, it says, and then yet at the very end of Jehoshaphat's life, he makes an alliance with a guy named King Ahaziah, a wicked king, and is rebuked by God for not finishing well. All of these godly people But here's what Paul says. This is what Paul wants. Paul knew his Old Testament. Maybe he had these stories in mind. Paul says, I don't count my life of any value. I'm not thinking about being happy and getting all the things that I want. I'm not thinking of my life as being precious to myself. I'm not thinking of my reputation. I'm not thinking of living comfortably. I'm not talking about getting rich. That's not my goal. My goal is to finish well. And Westminster, that's your primary task. Finishing well, particularly by testifying to the gospel of the grace of God. To not weary of that. To not get tired of that. When you start wondering, you know, maybe there's a new way. Maybe there's a different way. Maybe there's something that these other churches are doing that we can do. Um, It seems to be working for them. Maybe it'll work for us. Maybe there's a better way, a novel way to tap into the power of God. You know, if you ever start thinking that way, remember what Paul said. The power of God is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's where the power is. The power isn't in any other method or any other um, idea. It is found only in that gospel. And that is the scripture's task to you and to us as well. And friends, when you get weary and when you get tired, here's the thing that you have to do. When your faith gets weak, when you get discouraged, as again, Josh and Chris have been encouraging you tonight and I say the same thing. Here's what you have to do. You have to fix your eyes on Jesus because he is not only the author of your salvation, what does the scripture say to us? He's the finisher of your salvation as well. Do you remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he was there bearing your sins and mine? And one of his last words was this, it is finished. It is finished. The salvation of my people, the forgiveness of of their sins, their righteous standing before the Father, their adoption into the family of God. What Jesus is saying is, I just finished it. Isn't it so good to know that Jesus isn't saying, okay, we want you to start it, Westminster, New Life, City Hope, or excuse me, God's not saying, I'm gonna start it for you, Westminster, City Hope, and New Life, but once I get it started, we want you to finish it. That's not the task. The task is that Jesus has finished our salvation. He started it, he sustained it, and he finished it. And that's the hope that we have. That's where we have to keep fixing our eyes. That is where the power exists for you and me and all of us together to persevere and testifying to the gospel of the God of grace. So Westminster, I want to thank you I want to thank you for your ministry to me. 
And I want to thank you for your ministry to Muncie. And I want to thank you for your ministry to New Life. And I want to point your attention in the direction of the Apostle Paul, who tells you now, finish the ministry given to you by your Lord Jesus. Let's pray. God in heaven, I praise you for the brothers and sisters and saints at Westminster. God, I'm so thankful for their faithful presence in Muncie for all these 51 years. And Father, I pray, God, that you would sustain them, that they would move forward, that they would find that the future is bright, that they would flourish in the preaching of your gospel, in the making of disciples, God. I pray that you would sustain the elders of that church and the deacons of that church, that you would give great unity of vision and purpose to them. God in heaven, please fill Chris and James with your Holy Spirit, the pastors that you've given to that congregation. Lord, you're good. You are faithful. You have sustained them. And now I pray that that would continue and that they would shine a bright light to the city of Muncie for many, many decades to come as we together seek the expansion of your kingdom and the proclamation of your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.